obligatory uh, your mom reference? Obligatory, uh, you're going to start the podcast in three, two, one. I'm actually not yet. Well, shit. <laughs> you didn't ask me if I was ready. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're ready. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode 183 of the Guardian Hub podcast, where we talk destiny, interview guests, and talk about our love of the game. Well, we are here today. Like I said, episode 183. How's everyone doing tonight? Magical with a cough. Des, how are you doing? Hanging in there. Doing all right. Mm, love to hear it. And I feel like I want to continue eating my dinner during recording, but is that the best podcast etiquette? I don't know. Find out to see what I do. Find out <laughs> but, next time. Find, Stay tuned. No, find out tonight. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> well, um, let's start with, before I forget, we've had a review recently. We haven't had too many reviews on the podcast. Uh-oh. What? What's the uh-oh? First, first review in a while. That's an uh-oh. Or it's an oh boy. <laughs> Might be a little more appropriate response. But um, <laughs> yeah, we have a great review from Frenzy8. And he, awesome. assuming he, he wrote, definitely love the show. Lots of info. And after joining the community, got to play with both Sen and Kingsley. Both are great Sherpas and welcoming personalities. Definitely recommend the show. Well, Amazing. thank you, Frenzy8. Yes, thank you, sir. And, oh, five. by the way, five stars. But like we five. said, even if you don't rate it five stars, we will read it on the air. Yeah. Maybe. No, we will. I almost want to say, try it. <laughs> I don't want a lower review, but... Yeah, don't try so, it. Seriously. Try try it on another podcast and see if they read it. <laughs> yeah, we'll start and then, there. And then that report back legit. to us with five stars. No, no, you don't <laughs> want to rate another podcast lower, but I'm just saying, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> rate everyone five stars. That's good to me. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe you can rate a podcast that's not about destiny and is not going on anymore. Feel free and rate them less than five stars. You have my permission there. Do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, um, what have we been doing in the game or other games? Anything about Destiny? Talk now. I want to take another bite of burrito. Uh, rating. 
Lots of raiding. I've definitely run all three characters this week in a attempt to get uh, Touch of Malice, and it still eludes me. And then uh, sharpened a couple people through. And forgive me because I don't remember all of them, but we just did uh, Mia and uh, Dunder earlier today, which was uh, fun. Yeah. But I did do the story mission and uh, actually catch up on listening to all that uh, junk at... Um, It was like uh, little voice messages you hear from Ido. I finally caught up on those today. I missed a few somewhere along the lines. And in the effort to catch up on some of my triumphs and stuff that's been lingering, I did listen to all of them. Right on. That's about yeah, it. And then we did another. Yeah, so we had that one raid today. And then there was another quilt Sherpa raid last night, as when we were recording this Wednesday night, where we got a first clear for Flip, Flip Mode Fro. And nice. Larry, Larry's back too. Nice. So shout out to them and Sin. That's good for to see them back. Yeah, good to see him back. <laughs> yeah, shout out for trying to explain it when you're sick. So that seasonal story, yes, is kind of, kind of concluded, paused, ended this week, at least as far as what we see with. The lore pages, the seasonal triumphs, and everything like that, it is done. Um, it's kind of cool how they did it this time. I really have to say I like how it flowed overall, and we even had a action-animated cutscene of some fighting with swords. Go figure. <laughs> Mr. X not uh, following through. But, but talk about who was fighting, Sin. Do you already know this, Des? Uh, I'm a little behind on that, so yeah, it will be a surprise to me. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a surprise anyways, because I don't know if it was mentioned in any of the word or lore pages or stuff that you can, you know, you can kind of look up ahead of time. But I don't remember this cutscene being leaked ahead of time, so it was, in essence, a surprise, but it was um, Misrax and Aramis fighting a sword duel because Ido was, from what we understood, uh, stuck in, you know, we have these pirate, um, they're not lost sectors, but, you know, they kind of repurpose lost sectors, but little mini missions. And she was stuck behind a door, but we didn't <clears throat> know that at first. And just the word was that the Lucent, she was going to get that last relic. Lucent Brood was going to kill her and or um, Aramis. Yeah. So, of course, we're there to save the day. And then we, we kill the Lucent Brood in the activity mission. But then, of course, behind the door is Aramis. And then Mizrax shows up. And it's one of those dun-dun-dun, like, get away. And then, like, they start a big fight. And then, of course, the whole thing all along was Aramis was trying to save Ido <laughs> for multiple reasons. I mean, <clears throat> Ido was trying to get the last relic and um aramis basically says you don't know what you did she could have had so much i don't she used the word power or uh do you remember what word was used sin i, I almost want to say it wasn't the word power but it was something synonymous to that i want to say she could have had it all i thought she could have had it all yeah and basically like you know i wasn't trying to kill 
Ido. <laughs> but, you know, and then <clears throat> and, and Aramis actually had got the one up on Mr. X at one point. He was on the floor. You know, Aramis had like the sword, like, I can kill you right now. But then that typical trope were like, but I was just actually trying to help Ido. Okay, I'm out. And then she does like this cool move where she jumps off the side of the <laughs> of the um we're on like basically a uh meteorite or uh sorry, uh, you know, all all that rocky stuff. And then of course her catch ship is like conveniently going underneath. She ju- jumps just on top of it <laughs> and, and gets out in time. So But it was a cool action animated scene. I liked it. Yeah, to be found. Sounds awesome. And then, interesting. So she pieces out, and then, but of course, it's like, okay, so it was kind of, in a way, a little bit more of an ending, but still not something where it's like, it wouldn't make sense that we're still not doing catch crash activities and expedition activities, you know, for the rest of the season. Yeah, probably as as best as they could do for, for that. Okay, so seasonal story done. But hey, we're coming up to Festival of the Lost. We don't have the trailer or all the info yet. They said that's going to come out on Tuesday, but we do have a TWAB with pictures of the armor. We know a little bit. We know about there's a sniper that's coming out with it. And then we know other mid-season weapons changes and some fun stuff about material changes for next season oh my oh my yeah so twop 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 hoarders beware this twop brought to you by the guardian hub podcast subscribe now and save your free 99 whoa 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 is that our ad no 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 ads no okay all right. Okay. I guess we'll do no ads. <laughs> Des, uh, what, what's good in this TWAB, sir? A uh, bunch of interesting things in this TWAB, actually. Um, some good news, some news, and more news. Anyway. <laughs> uh, first bit of news. They're actually changing. Um, uh, the TWAB actually had, which... Like I say, I read this twelve. Yay! But anyway, um, they had this marvelous explanation of trying to simplify things for uh, new and returning players. So we are no longer going to be capable of earning or obtaining destination materials. Oh no! I'm so sad. Said at least one person I know. <laughs> right. Um. But no, dusklight shards, datalatus, helium filaments. Barium bows, spent metal leaves, glacial star warts will no longer be available. They will no longer be able to be bought off of Rahul. Um, but they are not doing um, the normal full depreciation of everything um, because they're not taking them like completely out of our inventory either. Um, what they're doing is they're going to leave us the capability of selling these materials for Glimmer. Just not as much. Because I think it's going to take like a 20 stack now uh, for 5k Glimmer, which is definitely like 
not as good as it was, but again, if you have absolute hundreds or thousands of planetary material in your inventory, you can still hang on to it and use it as emergency glimmer stash. But well, that's you can all. Turn it in now, I guess, if you're not full on glimmer, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, if you don't have that much planetary materials and you're low on glimmer, just go ahead and turn it in now for the deal because, yeah, the exchange difference is definitely. It's 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 definitely noticeable because it isn't like ten material for like, or like a ten stack for like ten k or something like that. I don't know. Either way, um, um, so everything that took uh, destination materials, uh, like uh, exotics and stuff, are going to have modified uh, exchange costs. Uh, it's going to cost like probably, I uh, think they mentioned like a few more legendary shards for most things. Um, mods, and I think like upgrade modules. Or upgrade modules. Okay, so they didn't mention mods. But upgrade modules will just have their plan their destination material requirement removed outright. And they otherwise will not be adjusted. So actually upgrade modules are going to be cheaper to get, essentially. Because um, you don't need an absolute buttload of destination materials for them. Or you won't need. Uh, starting in Season 19. Okay, so that excellent. is... Yeah, that is, like, fantastical news. That's all um, I use my planetary material on is upgrade modules, so... Yeah. No, uh, That's no only because you there. had to, also, right? I mean, if they removed that cost, you wouldn't cry about it, right? Right, right, yeah, for yeah, sure. exactly. I mean, which um, kind of brings to the point, I don't know if you're going to get at or if you mentioned, but why are they getting rid of this, do you think? Um, I mentioned it a little bit, but they are, they're, they're trying to take away some uh, currencies. So that way, I mean, the entire philosophy is um, taking away, like, minor currencies. So that way you can spend more attention focusing on currencies that matter more, essentially. Um, yeah, so, you know, you can too, right? Exactly. It simplify things. It's going to simplify your inventory. Uh, it's going to be easier to find things. You can store more junk uh, in your inventory if you so feel like it. Um, or in your trunk. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so it's, they're just looking to simplify things, and they basically didn't see the need for planetary materials anymore. They saw it as an unnecessary step, so they're going to be gone. Um, and they also mentioned, though, that because planetary materials are going to be gone, like a lot of people did use it as basically uh, glimmer supply. So how are they going to like you know give us more glimmer? Um, oh no! <laughs> good news, right? Um, which I mean, that can be a legitimate thing. Like at the start of a season, like if you're like if you finally run out of planetary materials and you know you find yourself at a glimmer loss. That could be a pain to like grind out, but they are modifying uh, a, I guess, little used thing, and they're making it a little more relevant. Uh, public events are going to give a holy butt ton of glimmer, and I'm not even kidding. Um, yeah. I don't think the numbers are in this recap directly, but I do know normal public events are going to give like three to five thousand glimmer for a completion and like heroic public events 
are 10 to 13,000 glimmer per completion, (laughs) which is nuts. I mean, what? If you actually have the time to grind it, 20 or like 15 ish public events, hero public events, and you have like full glimmer practically. I have not done the math on that, so somebody can correct me. Um, well, oh, wait, no, it's right 150. here. Now it's 250 cap. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, normal is going to be between 3,300 and 4,645 glimmer, and then heroics are 10k and 12.5k glimmer. And these are base amounts. They are not taking into consideration anything that modifies your glimmer gains. That's just base amount. Um, so yeah, holy crap. And I believe they're going to be modifying, they're going to be taking away, uh, certain ghost mods, um, that have to deal with material and they're changing one of them, uh, to do a different thing that I can't remember and can't see. But anyway, um, they're also modifying, uh, Devrim and Failsafe, uh, the two oldest vendors we have. Um, they are getting rid of the vendor rank and sunset weapons in their inventory um, because they found it confusing that you know maybe a new player would go and buy a weapon but wouldn't be capable of upgrading it at all. Um, so they're getting rid of that. Um, the armor that they sell will no longer require ranks. Uh, the rank-exclusive ghost shells and emblems will be available for 10 legendary shards each, and they will give four daily bounties. Whoa, let's not get too crazy now. <laughs> um, yeah, they did mention they can't, they currently can't or don't have repeatable bounties planned, or else they would essentially be up to parity with modern, with other modern planetary vendors now. Um, yeah. but yeah, they're bringing them up a bit. Um, they're taking away stuff, they're giving you stuff, and they're giving like easy stuff. Um, and they do mention in the TWAB that basically, um, uh, Savathun's Throne World is kind of like the uh, the prototype, I guess, going forward, uh, because they left nodes in Savathun's Throne World, but it just gave direct reputation and stuff rather than a material. Um, oh, and they also note that uh, they're not taking away the planetary material nodes on the map. Uh, it's just they're just going to give straight glimmer now, or mm. in season nineteen, uh, which could be that one modified uh, ghost mod might give you more glimmer for that. So that is destination materials and vendors. So that is fantastical. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, simplifying them. I believe we've said like numerous times, like, well, actually I I do know because there was that joke. Uh, we heard you like currency. So we're going to give you currency with your currency. Um, but yeah, so to, I mean, any simplification of stuff is just fantastic and makes it far easier to explain to newer people. Yep. So yeah. And it was always uh, kind of pointless seeing like, and I had tons, you know, anyone who's played the game for a long time, even if you don't go on farming circuits, <clears throat> every time I would buy a upgrade module, it's like, oh, today's one's going to take away... I don't know, 20 dust light shards. I'm like, okay, don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, 
So I'm fine with them taking that part away. Right. Uh, I personally would actually like alternate between the two upgrade modules just to like even out whatever planetary materials they like required. Like if I had more of one, I would take from that one until they were even and then actually alternate between buying the two. Yes, yeah. I would do that. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, this, that's just absolutely fantastic. And it's making upgrade modules like far more accessible because, I mean, all you're going to need is the legendary shards and the glimmer then. And that's fantastic. Yeah, I think they said too, I might have to pull up the TWAB. You said like the resource nodes would give glimmer, but I thought they said they would also potentially give legendary shards. Um, that's probably that could be a thing as well um, yeah what I'm happy about is it's nice that we're focusing more on legendary shards yeah, for sure I've this has been kind of a conversation we've had in the communities and legendary shards are never an issue for me because I actually dismantle, dismantle a lot of stuff like a good guardian but uh, even <laughs> if you didn't you could farm legendary shards pretty easily through these areas now Actually, hilariously, not that long ago, Dado released a guide on how to farm everything. So, yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but he like literally covers a lot. Of, like the thumbnail apparently covers legendary shards, even so. Mm -hmm. Um, that's it's actually a really those. Yeah, I mean that's actually a really good guide for just people in general, uh, because there's definitely people that are playing the game that don't know where legendary shards come from. I'm not going to name any yeah. names or anything. But mm. you know who you are. Anyway. So, a uh, bit of good news, other than, of course, the uh, awesome anime photo of the Gundam armor uh, for Festival of Lost. There we go, for some reason. Almost forgot the name of that. Um... Let's see, they uh, did give us, or are giving us the breakdown see what it did there, of the mid-season balancing upcoming, and I say that because our presenter was Mercules. Um, so, it was massive. was massive. It, it is actually pretty girthy, to be honest. <laughs> um, for a mid-season balance, this actually seems yeah, hefty. Um, but they're doing a lot of good things. Um, and of course, Mercules does a fantastic uh, job explaining um, balancing choices and why they didn't do a specific thing or why they're, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic read um, just in general, just to get like the design philosophy and such, um, which, you know, I'm kind of a nerd for. So anyway. Mid-season balancing uh, changes that are coming next week, FYI. Um, auto rifles, they are going to be increasing because uh, they mentioned auto, auto rifles are kind of lagging, sort of, uh, at least in like in-game like PvP. Um, they account for like a lot of normal PvP, I believe. Um, but they do want to make them a little easier to use without really touching like damage numbers right now because as they explained, like any wrong move can make them a little oppressive. Um, but they are going to increase like their ease of use. So they're going to be increasing the stability effects on auto rifles and they are going to be slightly bumping up precision frame crit damage. And I do mean 
lightly. Like any damage up that they're doing is like, or even damage down for that matter. A lot of this is slightly. Um, so it's not really going to change like TTKs or anything, but it does just make them easier and more user friendly, which is always nice. Um, bows. Uh, they're going to be slower to stow and ready because that's apparently a problem in like higher tiered uh, PvP. So that's a thing. Um, pulse rifles. They are modifying like the handling effects. I believe they're making them kind of better, but they're kind of balancing both the low and the high end. Um, so making it, I think, uh, more rewarding for higher handlings. Um, adaptive frames are getting slight crit bumps. Uh, they are actually decreasing like the damage falloff scale because they do want pulse rifles to operate within a very specific uh, range. And peace of mind is getting its zoom lowered uh, because it had an outstanding zoom value and things with outstanding zoom values can operate in ranges they're not quite intended to operate within. So there's that. I impact scout rifles are receiving like a slight nerf to damage, but I think the way they explain, well, they're taking back uh, certain damage to where high impact scouts will need three headshots again because um, I think they found it was a little easy uh, to use. So they're fixing that. Uh, sidearms are going to have their aim assist fall off be better because apparently there was a weirdness in sidearm aim assist falloff and the actual damage falloff, so they're kind of meeting them, from what I understood on that. Uh, some machine guns, they're actually lowering some damage falloff. Uh, they're trying to also distinguish between lightweight and precision frames on how they perform, so they're decreasing some lightweight frame damage, they're increasing some precision frame damage. But speaking of precision frame, there's, of course, a couple of outliers that are operating within ranges that rival auto-rifles. Um, looking at you, Shira's Wrath and Friction Fire. Um, and that's, again, because of their zoom value, and they're taking them down to a normalized zoom value for their type. So that is fantastic. Um, precision frame fusion rifles. They found are a little... Oppressive, I think. Um, and a little, again, a little too easy to use. Um, so they're actually taking down the intrinsic recoil perk effect of precision frames only for fusion rifles. So they're going to be a little more difficult to use. Um, glaives, they feel, are pretty strong um, with shield energy, so they're reducing some of the effectiveness of the damage resistance only in PvP. Only in PvP. Uh, yeah, that's right. Only in PvP. <laughs> They're still going to be strong in PvE. Um, snipers, again, they are... They're, I feel like they're really trying to narrow down this whole uh, sniper mentality that's in Destiny, uh, where even if you're getting shot at, you still take the shot, and chances are you're still going to hit it. That's right, we've all felt it. They've narrowed that down now to essentially, uh, because they have increased the flinch in PvP, 
But what it is is apparently uh, what they call settle time, uh, which is essentially your reticule resettling to center after the flinch, is a little too good still. So people are capable of shooting through the flinch and still landing the shot. Um, so they're actually going to be increasing um, this settle time. So that way, effectively, if you're sniping, it's going to have to be like a hard choice or you're going to have, you're not really uh, incentivized to shoot through flinch anymore. Um, but the good news is PVE flinch is being reduced. So easier sniper rifles will become easier to use in PVE and it will be harder, <coughs> ooh, harder to shoot through flinch in PVP. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. There we go. All right. Uh, trace rifles. They notice that they're not being used that much. So again, they're increasing the ease of use for trace rifles, and they are increasing the stability stat effects also for trace rifles. Uh, so that way it'll be easier to consecutively hit criticals, um, which, of course, just makes them easier to use. Henceforth, ease of use. Yay. Um, rocket launchers uh, aren't used apparently a lot in PvP. Uh, um, so they are increasing the blast radius by like 0.4 meters, I think, to get specific. Um, I don't really see how that's going to help, but yeah. Right. Hey, I'm not the I'm not the designer here. <laughs> anyway, um. What could be a big controversial thing? A uh, rangefinder. It's super strong. Like, legitimately, it's really strong. Not only does it increase your zoom factor, which increases your range way better than, like, the range stat, because I think you'd have to get, like, 20 to 30 range stat to give you the same effective range effects as the rangefinder perk, just because it increases your zoom. It's nuts. But... They're not taking that away. It's still going to increase the zoom. So you're still going to get like a lot of range out of whatever you're using it on. But what they aren't, or what they're taking away, is the aim assist falloff buff. Because uh, essentially it would also make the aim assist stickier at longer ranges. Uh, or stay sticky at longer ranges. Um, they're taking that away. Um, to hopefully, like they say it's... Um, it's still going to be strong. It's just not going to be an exact go-to, and they're trying to make it to where other things might compete if they take away that, um, which I kind of agree with, and I think might be a thing, but I can also see this being kind of controversial because, I mean, Rangefinder is just like the, one of the best perks you can ever get on a gun ever for PvP. I mean, it's good. Yeah. It's like really good. So, Jade Rabbit. It's strong. It's been an outlier forever. <laughs> I love in yeah. the twab they, I love in this twab they mentioned that it practically has unlimited range, which is true. Um, so they're dropping the aim assist on it by at least a significant margin uh, to make it hopefully not so easy to use. So, Lord of Wolves. Uh, this is part of like an overall. Um, 
part of like the rework that they've mentioned was coming with for, with Lord of Wolves. Um, what they were trying to do is they gave uh what the oh god what's it called the exotic perk whenever it's active, I forget now. But anyway, whenever that exotic perk of Lord of Wolves is active, uh, they gave it an ADS accuracy penalty. Um, so that way it wouldn't be so good was to use against release the wolves. I don't remember. Yes, really. that's it. Release the wolves. Um, but yeah, they wanted to give it uh, an aim penalty, basically like a huge spread, um, so it wouldn't be effective against small targets, which, but I mean, includes guardians and PvP, but also smaller ads and PvE. But they were hoping that it would still be good against larger targets in PvE. Um, but they found that this penalty isn't that great, and it could still like miss shots. Uh, so they're reducing some of that accuracy penalty. Um, so that way you can hopefully hit like more consistent crits without having to get too close to a very large enemy. So hopefully that will help out. Um, I think they're taking away some things, and it's okay. They're they're just trying to balance around the fact that you know they're trying to make it. Good in PvE, but not oppressive in PvP. Like, you know, it has been. So, yeah. There's a bunch of stuff, and like that one I did not fully pay attention to when I read it. So, yay. Anyhow. No time to explain. Also been pretty strong, but apparently I think this is the one uh, where No Time to Explain actually sees higher use with mouse and keyboard than it does on controller. Um, and this stat is very interesting to see broken down uh, because they actually can, apparently. Um, so they do mention that it's a little easy to use on mouse and keyboard because of, like, you know, the slight, like, stability and such differences. Uh, it's a little easier to fire on mouse and keyboard. Um, so they do feel no time to explain is strong, able to very consistently two-burst on mouse and keyboard, but they don't want to ruin it for controller players um, so they're effectively knocking down the recoil direction uh, from 90 to like 70 or so, and it's going to end in a weird number. So it's going to have some kick to it, um, but they're hopefully, hopefully it won't. Uh, it won't be like an uncontrollable kick. It's just that you will have to control it, um, including on mouse and keyboard. Um, and they're of course dropping some of the aim assist to get rid of some of that ease of use on it. Um, and Risk Runner is a popular choice for niche applications. And they're getting rid of some of the PvP damage resistance that Risk Runner gives you, and that's pretty much all they're changing on Risk Runner, which is quite nice. Um, and that's what's coming next week. Yeah. Is that a cat I hear? Yes, that would be Peanut, <laughs> who meows at absolutely Hello, everything. Peanut. <laughs> Hello, Peanut. <laughs> Peanut approves of the job. <laughs> Apparently. Um, um, yeah, any you're super excited about? I, I'm kind of looking to the auto rifles and stuff. but um, Yeah, auto rifles, like, it, making them just slightly easier to use is going to make them really, like, not really strong, but it's going to make them usable. Yeah. Like, for sure. Um, and yeah, I do like the fact that they're definitely... Uh, 
they're definitely like designing around ranges. Essentially, they want specific weapons to function within specific effective ranges, and they're really like that seems to be what they're really hammering in the head on this, uh, because it's like taking away the aim assist fall off on rangefinder. Is they wanted to find a way to make rangefinder not so good, but they didn't want to power creep it. Um, so they took away the aim assist, which, like I said, they felt like is the better uh, option to make it a good perk without making it an absolutely necessary perk in PvP, which I think I agree with. Um, yeah, a lot of this I do agree with. I mean, and like I said, it's really nice to see like the reasoning behind these changes and, like I said, the, the reinforcement of effective ranges, which I love and it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Sin, anything for you? Are you going to be using sidearms more with the extra no. aim assist fall off? No. No? All right. You can no. craft, I mean, the, the, um, the Volt Shot crafted sidearm is a lot of fun in PvE. That would require me crafting the weapon, but I do have a Volt or Shot getting, Brigands. Or getting it RNG. You don't have to craft it. You can get an RNG <laughs> drop of the good rolls. <laughs> Remember, <I know>. everyone. <laughs> Um, yeah, and Hammer Crasher writes, uh, it sucks to play against no time to explain when the person is mouse and keyboard. So I guess right. he has noticed that some. I haven't because I just don't PvP much, but I have heard about people using no time to explain a lot. Like it definitely people, shows up. Yeah, like people with good aim or I guess mouse and keyboard, um, you can definitely tell like you can tell quickly why they use no time to explain because even not playing like against controller or mouse and keyboard players because you know I'm still a console pleb or was um oh, well still want to get back but you know but still you can tell like the people you don't need to mess with that use that gun because yeah two like rounds of flinch and you're dead and it's like oh okay <laughs> but yeah it's 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 nuts and it can be nuts and yeah it will probably still be nuts for people that are good because um, that's the thing these changes will make it slightly more difficult to use but the people that are already good with it are still going to be good with it they're just going to have to slightly adjust lightly reminds me of that uh, when they took away some of the uh, stability bonuses and such for using mouse and keyboard people were freaking out about it but it turned out to not be that bad anyway yeah yeah we'll see um hammer crasher's a little concerned about that you know that nerf but uh again we'll see how it how it works um yeah you'll definitely need to control it and that's about it um i mean also to be honest it might actually bring up vigilance swing use as well because that's kind of the only bad thing about vigilance swing is it had a kind of a massive kick because it's a five round burst but anyhow it's neither here nor there because v-wing didn't get touched um but some future things that are going to get touched giggity, um they do make very special note to mention that special ammo and is a pleb oh sorry good <laughs> true but special ammo linear fusion rifles aka lawrence and arbalist nightmares are going to get touched. Um, they are going to have auto-aim reduction and flinch tuning. So, yeah, there's that. 
Uh, machine guns. They are looking for a way to make them viable. As well as not being or not having a penalty for using them for ad clear. So they're working on that still. And apparently taking away Dead Man's Tail damage penalty? I just don't remember exactly what they did to Dead Man's Tail, but I know they kind of hit it a little bit. But anyway, so yeah, they're going to be making that a little better again. That's fantastic. Yeah. A lot of good info, and I am excited for the mid-season update. I hope these are all great, along with uh, Season of the Lost. So do we assume that, you know, they'll probably keep the same idea for Season of the Lost with the Lost Sector grinding, but hopefully it'll be a couple different ones as opposed to last year? I don't know, because with the changes that they did make to um, whatever crap the last seasonal event was that for some reason I can't think of. Solstice? Yeah, Solstice. Um, they actually did some pretty good changes on that. Uh, even though they weren't like massive changes, they still felt pretty good. So I'm kind of hoping for something like that, but also at the same time not going to really, you know, expect a lot out of it. So Yeah. Yeah. I, is- yeah I think because they're smaller in, in effect it could be something that they could potentially change up a little bit year after year as opposed to like a whole huge, you know, it's like they're not making the new EDZ yet or the new Haunted Forest. But uh, <laughs> I, I liked the Lost Sector idea. It would just be nice if there was, they were slightly different this year. And also, uh, or Hammer Crash does yeah, make mention that nerfing uh, Rangefinder does uh, hurt the less skilled folks in PvP. Um, to be honest, if you're really missing uh, the aim assist boost, I mean, there is the target acquisition mod. Crap, what's that called? Dang it, I'm forgetting everything. There is a uh, target acquisition mod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's not probably going to be, you know, exact parody of what Rangefinder gave you, but it does add like five aim assist. Um, so, I mean, there is that as a, as a boost, because that's all they're taking off of Rangefinder is, in fact, basically extra aim assist. So, I mean, yeah, targeting. Oh, targeting adjuster. Thank you. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, there is that to help close that gap. Uh, but then again, that does also kind of fall in line with a lot of, uh, like the stability changes and like handling changes. Um, making them better like on the higher end then they're improving on like the lower end uh, because again they're still like with that mentality that they introduced like, god I can't even remember uh, how long ago but they basically want you to build craft for stuff they want you to like dedicate builds to what you want to do with a weapon um, and this kind of actually falls in line with that mentality as well um, so they're taking off like the really good aspect of rangefinder with the extra aim assist, or at least the really good ease of use increase for rangefinder. Um, you still get like a ridiculous amount of range for just a half a times more zoom, which is still getting nutty. Um, but yeah, you just so yeah, this seems like to get some of that lost 
stuff, you have to dedicate a mod to it, essentially. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it all turns out, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Right on. Live updates, in. What are you doing right now? Trying to plunder some umbr umbral energy. Not some booty. <laughs> plunder that booty. Some umbral Gosh. energy. Do you have the upgrade yet where you can actually get random drops of it in any activity, not just the um, uh, the one activity? What's it called? Exa Expedition. <sighs> Expedition, yeah. It's well worth the upgrade. Thought um, I did, but I guess I don't. Yeah, and they don't drop super often, but uh, it is nice to get the drops occasionally. When I was even been raiding the last couple of days, I would occasionally notice a little bit of a drop at the end of an encounter. I like the raid the other night. Yeah, for sure. Um, what uh, weapons are you wanting to craft either in the raid or seasonal that you haven't crafted yet, Sin? Really, just... So I want to get the seasonal weapons done just for the uh, weekly triumph stuff. Uh, okay, so you don't have to get them all done. It says to do three. So do you have ones I that have you would zero. prefer? I don't no, care not really. what you have. I just want to know will, if you're excited about any. I will definitely do the sidearm for the volt shot portion. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's probably about all I really care about. Do do the tarnished metal also. Do the... Um, uh, that's a good one too with volt shot. And sin, like I always say, it's really good in the daughter's encounter. That way you can have a primary ammo weapon and get those snipers very easily. True. That's one uh, thing I don't use. I use SMGs typically in those and have have a difficult time with the range aspect because I hang on to my heavy for the uh, the DPS phases. Yeah. Okay, but so the sidearm the most. Yeah, there's the sidearm, the scout, the SMG. The shotgun, linear fusion, and the machine gun. I think I might do the machine gun as my three. Um, of course, the sh uh, tarnished metal, scout, and the sidearm. Yep. Yeah, I just got to unlock my first one. Yep. And uh, also be aware that the first catch crash master per week will drop a red border weapon. So be sure right. to get at least one of those a week, even if you just get an LFG group. All right, let's do one right after this. I mean, I'm down. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, anyone listening live. And um, of course, once you get the one upgrade too, which I think they were even saying they changed something about it or they're offering it for free now, but the first uh, red, the first weapon you buy at the vendor per week now, kind of like how they did this with previous seasons, the first one will give you a red border of it. So you can start stacking them up uh, if you do, you know, at least one per week from that, one from Catch Crash, although the Catch Crash one's more random, the one at the vendor you can pick which one you want, and then uh, there's other ways to get the drops too. Yeah, I've just been trying to play a little bit of everything and catch up. I finally got the Catalyst unlocked for Delicate Tomb, which actually did not go... I really needed the kills to unlock it. I had already completed my playlist activity portion and it, I got a few kills in PVP with it and it actually went up fairly quick. It didn't take long at all. I was at 33% and got to a hundred pretty darn quick. So 
now I'm just uh, mindlessly shooting things with it to try to actually complete it. And then after that, I will just need my Forerunner Catalysts. Oh, and one other piece of information we were noticing, uh, the Daughters Challenge is going to be one of these ones that aren't necessarily guaranteed to get, but pretty easy to get just doing it the normal way. <laughs> right? We were getting it... We were getting it just running on normal mode, and we were a little worried it was more complicated than we thought, but really all it is is once you step on a platform, you cannot get off it, or if you do, you cannot get back on it, or the challenge will fail, someone else will have to get on it. So if, you just, if you're fine, if you don't accidentally get off the platform, then uh, it's completed. <laughs> yeah, we actually got it uh, done just by chance in the... And the L and the not LFG the um the Sherpa group earlier. Yeah. So uh, not a bad way when that's the rotating weekly challenge to uh, get an extra chest there. And isn't it funny? And I think we've mentioned this before, but getting the red border weapons in the raid are almost easier than getting them in the seasonal activity ways because. If you can run the raid, at least. But once you do, you, you know, you have the extra chest, which is, it's getting a little more reliable. But let's just say you have that. So that's a guaranteed red border. And then once per week, you also get a one that you can pick red border, um, you know, from buying for only 20 uh, spoils of a weapon that you've already earned. And then that also even just the random chance of getting a red border drop isn't too bad in the raid. It's not like it's dropping all the time, but I don't know, maybe just because I raid more, but I feel like they're dropping more often. Um, I remember um, Rodimus mentioning that too, like he's had some pretty good luck seeing red border drops in the raid versus the seasonal way. Yeah, it feels like the raid's a little bit easier. And I was just looking at my tracker. I've run 31 raids. Not Again, not all of them lootable. But, you know, when you consider that you can get, um, what, a possible red border drop from any of the chests, including the extra chests, you have that many chances, especially if you're running it on multiple characters, which I had been uh, for the simple fact of trying to get Touch of Malice, which still eludes me. And, and then I another guaranteed two per week if you do the yeah. other stuff, yeah. Yeah, right on. All right. Uh, Des, doing any... Uh, I wanted to save this for the, the end this time. Do any other fun games or uh, shows that you're watching? I'm playing a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! still. A lot. <laughs> nice. I a mean, lot. hey, um, if working, <laughs> you're having fun, then why not, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, most of the time, anyway. <laughs> Except for <laughs> when random chance screws over a hand. Uh -oh. But, you know, card... <laughs> Card game stuff. No, it's no big deal. Um, no, legitimate, like, um, um, yeah, Laz gave me some crap for missing a friggin' Yu-Gi-Oh! reference with Nezarek and Exodia. Screw you, Laz. Um, anyway, no. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, just, uh, yeah, yeah, playing a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, like, going through that stuff, all that jazz. We had, like, a meta shift a month ago uh, because of new cards, and yeah, the landscape like entirely changed and yeah, you know, fun stuff. Anyway. Uh just finished uh the She Hulk show earlier tonight, so Oh. That was 
Interesting. <laughs> I heard the uh, somebody mentioned in Discord that something about that ending. Yep, it's an ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the ending is fairly true to the character, but I think in staying fairly true to the character, they almost kind of the ending didn't hit it for me. Um, which has got to be like the first Netflix show where the the yeah, the ending just didn't hit it for me. Um, but it like I said, it is weird because they did like they stayed true to the character. It's just, yeah, I don't know. But um, all in all, it's still like a really good series. Um, you know, I, I just love the fact that uh, we still have like a lot of these either lesser known or rarely focused upon, uh, you know, heroes and stuff uh, getting these Netflix series and like, you know, or not Netflix, Jesus, Disney Plus series. Um, Sorry, it's just the fact that, you know, Daredevil's coming back, so. But no. uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, having them, like, uh, have impact just in the universe itself, because, I mean, you know, if you watch Multiverse of Madness, you're caught up to a bunch of things that get referenced in, uh, or you're better prepared if you had watched WandaVision by watching, uh, then watching Multiverse of Madness, like, just a lot of subplot that might leave you going what, but you could be aware of otherwise. I mean, it's it's just really cool and like really integrated. So, uh, just can't see, can't wait to see what happens next with a bunch of this. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think otherwise, that's. Did I mention I play a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh right now? Yes. <laughs> okay. Just, just making gear. sure, Get, getting that point across. Uh, <laughs> a lot of card games. Uh, I just watched. Um, I, I've been rewatching um, South Park, and then they had the episode where they it wasn't Pokemon, but they were making fun of like a different name for Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah, Chipokemon. <laughs> and they were trying to. Uh, the Japanese were trying to like get the kids to take over. <laughs> and then the way to solve it was the parents had to pretend to act excited that they wanted to do that too. And then the kids are like, Oh no, this is lame. The parents like it. Right. So then they stopped. <laughs> I remember I got, watching that. I got my chip Pokemon. <laughs> got yeah, you gotta get them all, and uh, you don't have the Chipokemon video game controller that can plug in to play the Chipokemon video game? <laughs> You're lame, man. <laughs> and it's funny, because all of that was true. It's... And why do you gotta collect all the cards? Well, duh, you gotta collect them all to stop the, the evil influence or whatever. They're like, And what's the evil influence? Well, duh, we don't find out until we collect them all. <laughs> 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 then we'll know. <laughs> Uh, it's good. Oh yeah, fun times. Yep, and always shout out to Drafty in the chat. He says he likes to uh, try to derail the show. I mean, uh, I don't know what you're expecting. Are we gonna like totally like stop the show? But no, we do appreciate your comments as always, Drafty. <laughs> Love having your little comments in the show. It is fantastic. 
Oh yeah, come back every week and make those comments because it gives me a smile on my face as I'm recording. Indeed. Mm -hmm. And check them out for those of you listening to the show, not live. We have uh, different threads in our podcast live chat, questions for the show channel. You'll see it in each episode listed. And right now we're on episode 183. And uh, Draft even has a picture he posted about Halloween decorations. So uh, check it out. Some might call that a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, uh, yeah. What else does? No, I think that's about it. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I mean, know. I didn't have it's anything like else. Her. But if, but yeah, Sander does. If you have anything else, uh, I, mean, I, I can get into a lot. Truth. I've already, I've already threatened Discord by like going into Yu-Gi-Oh lore, which is a thing now. Um, <laughs> which I actually found like really interesting, like just to very briefly speak on it, um, because it's always been a thing. Um, at least in the past, like people have tried to like connect certain card arts that are like are like connected monsters and like see if there's a story to be told through card art. But that's actually a legitimately a thing in mo like modern Yu-Gi-Oh's. They release like specific archetypes and for specific series of cards, and the art will actually like tell a story. Um, so it's like it's just super fantastic, and I'm definitely like I've, I'm bought it. Like um, I'm the lore guy for Destiny, as I'm becoming known as. Um, and yeah, I'm like biting hook, line, and sinker into like story through card art which trust me is far more vague and interpretive but yeah still fun though yeah yeah right on well come to our discord to talk about that to talk about destiny or whatever just come to our discord say hi you can lurk for the most part or continue in on conversations tag sin throughout the day debug him i give you permission really create a bunch of dm channels with him in it he doesn't like that i leave them yep he leaves them and then we talk oh. about him behind his back when other people are still in the dm and he can, <laughs> he can lurk like one of them. no we actually do sometimes <laughs> Nothing um, <laughs> jay you can lurk like one of our current audience members which i'm only calling you out so i apologize because uh there's a lot going on uh it's super saiyan sora and his profile pictures of luffy that's a whole lot to unpack in just simply like a Discord name. Thank you for listening. And I swear I won't call you out ever again. You can lurk. It's fine. <laughs> I just had to point that. I've been dying to point that out because it's like Super Saiyan, Dragon Ball, Sora, Kingdom Hearts, Luffy, One Piece. Wait, what? Anyway. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> All right, well, we'll close up for this week, but uh, before we do, we want people to know how to find Sin, to bug him, to tag him in the Discord, all the above. Sin, where can people get well, all of you? They can find me currently deleting some additional sunset weapons out of my vault or on Twitter at Sin underscore media. And of course, over here in the Discord, Super Saiyan Dez. Take us out or do your thing. Don't take us out. <laughs> you can take us out. I'm usually I'm usually after death. I know, I'm mixing it up. 
<laughs> That's right. You, you can tell when we fall into the rut. Um, <laughs> I know. Should but... I never mix it up? Or should... <laughs> <laughs> See, Drafty, we can derail ourselves. <laughs> but no, mm. uh, you can find me on Twitter at DS underscore Raven. Uh, you can find me there. You just might not be able to reach me there. I uh, haven't checked in a while. But um, you can also find me in the Discord. Um, you can ask me lore stuff. I like. I love talking about lore stuff. Uh, I feel like we've had a lot of conversation the past few days about like lore stuff, and that is, fantastic. I love it. Um, so yeah, you can like easily get in touch with me with a lore channel, uh, whether you like it or not. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. So Kingsley, yes, whether we Kingsley. wanted it or not, you Kingsley. can find. What's your meta Mac? Take it out. Mac? What's your meta? Talk about Mac and meta. Oh, well, thanks for, uh, for mentioning that. Yeah, I was um, recently on a uh, Potato Thumbs podcast uh, sub episode called What's Your Meta? And it was their first PVE focused one. And they were so gracious to invite me on to talk mostly about what I mean, Warlock Solar and a little bit about our Raid Sherpa system that we have going on. So check that out over at Potato Thumbs. They are part of our Owl Sector Alliance, along with Guardian Downcast, Two Titans and a Hunter, uh, all podcasts that we love so much. So definitely check them out. But other than that, you can just find me all the places, everywhere as Kingsley Mac, Twitter, Twitch, Discord, Blah, blah, blah. And you can find our show on Twitter as The Guardian Hub or our lovely website where you can find all our links, theguardianhub.com. The best hub on the net. Yes, thank you, Sin. It is a good hub. And thank you, Des, for all and thank your you, Kingsley. information. Thank oh. you, Kingsley. Thank you. You're welcome. Whatever. <laughs> and we will catch you all again next week. Have a good one. Bye. Later.